This is Adrian Cowan from Seven Spires. This is Ben from Goat Whore. Hi, I'm Errol of Pierce of Pain and my own. This is Dallas from Narcotic Wasteland. This is Taylor Washington from Paladin, and you're listening to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. Hail Dark Acolytes, welcome back to the show for another Metal Artist interview. I'm joined by Gog and Blind from Dark Epic Metalers Summoner's Circle. Guys, thank you all so much for coming on The Great Metal Debate. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's great to be here. There's a bunch of things that I want to talk with you guys about, but let's start with the show tonight at Brickyard in Knoxville, Tennessee. First, how did this hometown bill with you guys on the bill with Atlanta Power Thrashers Paladin and hometown instrumental metalers Neanderthal? Well, uh, we had played with Neanderthal back, uh, when was that? It was uh, pre-pandemic. I think it was actually the last show that we did. Yeah, and then the right, and then we played with them again with the Obsessed earlier this year. We did, and uh, we were talking, and we were just like, we wanted another show together, you know. So let's get something. We'll wait, you know, the requisite amount of time you wait before you play in your hometown again and set something up. And uh, you know, we set it up through Roger um, with Blackheart's uh, Productions, and uh, he was like. Let's get someone from out of town in here, and he hooked up with Paladin, and uh, we were stoked when we heard that they uh, they were going to come up. Is that something that you maybe sometimes think a little bit more about? Like, if there's an opportunity in another city, you may just jump at it, but like thinking through when you want to do those hometown shows, don't want to oversaturate the market? Absolutely. You know, we try to play here maybe three times a year, four times a year. Uh, it's been a little bit more because it's been harder to get out and travel. You know, now that things are open, I guess we've been playing a few more shows uh, locally just to, to get the rust off, you know, since things have opened back up. But, uh, yeah, we, we try to spend most of our time, you know, out uh, in the region when we're not, like, on a full tour or something like that. So Tonight's show has variety of styles. You guys played with a lot of different bands, a variety of styles in the past. I know, uh, including a bill with our friends, Folk Meddlers uh, Winter Hymn. Do you guys like the experience of hitting the stage when your own music might be, maybe it stands in contrast with the other artists on the bill? I think it makes the show a lot more fun. There are definitely those people who might complain that, oh, there's, you know, there's blackened progressive doom death metal band playing with these power metalers and and this folk rock stuff uh, but i think that that keeps it interesting it it to me it's always a lot of fun to have multiple genres i mean even when we were on the the children of bodum tour we were kind of the the odd man out on on that tour we, we were the only costumed act we we're the only american band on it and you know de- definitely the Bodum fast and heavy, swallow the sun, very melodic and beautiful and still heavy, and Wolfhard just, just crazy, bitching ass metal. It's awesome. Um, and then there was us, and we kind of ran the gamut of going from really heavy to really melodic to back to heavy, and it's, it's just fun to do it that way. I think it, it keeps things interesting. Kind of brings out the styles, doesn't it? I think so. You know, you're always going to have your gatekeepers and those people that, oh, you can't have a doom metal band play with a black metal band or, you know, that kind of crap like that. But uh, 
man, it's just to me, it's it's music, and and I love it, and I love the variety of styles uh, we get on a lot of the bills. Sometimes we'll go out and look for that. I mean, there's a uh, there's an industrial band that's been around here for a long time that we're looking to try to do something with just because, you know. Since this is the first time we've had you on the show, if you don't mind, for folks who aren't familiar, give us the thumbnail sketch of how the band Summoner Circle came together. Uh, I was in between projects. Um, I had left my other band, and I was filling in on bass uh, for uh, that industrial band that, uh, you know, that I, they're, they're friends of mine. And uh wanted to do something different, and I wanted to do something with no limitations where I didn't have another band member telling me, Oh, we can't do that. That doesn't sound like us. Or, you know, that riff is too weird. No one, no one can groove to something that's in the 7-4 time. You know, that kind of stuff. And uh, I got together with uh, a friend of mine, our original rhythm guitarist, Magog, and we started, you know, just writing some things. And uh, after one night, we came up, you know, we had some pretty cool riffs. And uh, he was kind of like, that riff is cool. Let's give it a name so we can remember it. You know, so we called, the, you know, he said, let's call the riff Summoner Circle. And I just kind of like said, mm-hmm. let's. It's called a band summoner circle. And from there, it was just like, you know, we always both wanted to do costumed, you know, act. Uh, big Alice Cooper fan growing up. Uh, of course, Kiss and, and other King Diamond, uh, things like that. And it was just like, we could really do this whole thing. We can do like the, the wizardy thing and, you know, just and, and make a whole mythology about it. And in the span of that night, we already, you know, knew who we wanted to try to get on vocals. And uh, it happened pretty quickly after that jumping ahead your most recent album is chaos vector you guys released that earlier this year via blood blast distribution how long had the songs for that album been in development and what was the process for writing and recording those well the first song that we wrote for that album was the title track chaos vector uh we wrote it intentionally just so we could have a shorter song most of our material at that time was six seven ten or eleven minutes um and we, we needed an extra song for the Bodum Tour. Otherwise, we were just going to be stuck with a three-song set. So we intentionally wrote a shorter song just to have another uh, another track to play. And from there, just any downtime we had, we just kept working on other riffs and other new material. And next thing you know, we, we were sitting on five or six songs thinking... Okay, we we got something going here. We got a, a theme, and let's let's head to the studio with it. And then COVID hit, and it just put everything on on a, an extremely frustrating delay. Did that give you extra opportunities, though, as far as fleshing out the material and thinking about the things in the writing process? It did. You know, we uh, we slowed the writing process down a little bit. We. Uh, you know, did our own scratch tracks and laid everything down and made sure that the songs were arranged and we had the, the final arrangements rather than doing that in the studio. So we had all that mapped out and everything. And we were able to be a lot more efficient when we decided to go into the studio. It was in June of yes. 2020? Yeah, June Pretty of sure 2020 is when we started, I think, uh, recording. And uh, and the process just went really, really smoothly. So, you know, we're going to work that way from now on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a... Uh, Nice that the pandemic maybe gave you some ideas and tools. So the Metal Debate podcast reviewed Chaos Vector quite positively uh, at the time of its release. But I'll be honest in saying that since that time, it's really grown on me. Um, It's become one of my faves of 2022. Uh, How has the material aged in your own minds? And have you been pleased generally with the response from fans and critics? So far, the the fan response has been extremely positive um 
critic response is hit or miss. People either really like it or they really dislike it. Um, you know, it's it's difficult to try and make your own kind of metal that you can just say, you know, I want this one to be heavy, and I want the next one to be melodic, and this next one, let, let's put something folky in it. Um, a lot of reviewers and critics, they, they don't like change-ups like that, but <laughs> but we don't we don't like to niche down. We just kind of want to do what we want to do. And, 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 and what we do fun. ends up sounding like us. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a doomy riff or a black metal, you know, blackened riff or, or what, what have you. It's, it's become who we are. And, you know, I think that was something we really nailed down on this album. Uh, I think uh, Tome slash Become None, um, the songs were a little bit more chaotic. They didn't have the same flow. I think the, the songs on this record have a better flow to them. Uh, they're still diverse. Um, I, you know, I think we've grown a lot as a band, and uh, I'm still, I'm still quite happy with it. Uh, you know, I listen to it, and now I hear uh, we're currently writing some new stuff already, and so you know we're continuously evolving. Uh, it still sounds like us again, but it's just growing. And I think that uh, uh, you know we look, to, we look to grow. We don't want to just fit in a niche and stay there and keep doing the same thing. Uh, as much as I like bands like, you know, Cannibal Corpse has been doing death metal for how long now? And it's awesome every single time. They're amazing guys. But I'm not always in the mood for just straight death metal. I, I like a little variety, and I get to actually make that variety in this band. Have a lot more fun with it. And I'd, I'd, I don't want the, the music and the creative process to stagnate, so... That's part of the reason why we decided to do a concept album, and we refuse to niche down to any specific subgenre and just make it our own. Well, I applaud the diversity. So many great songs. The epic Terminus Egress, one of my faves. The title track certainly is a pounder. But Apostasy is one that's grown on me since the, the first few listens. The pacing on that one, i just tell you guys, I think it's almost perfect. Um I know you all produce a concept video for that track. Tell me a little bit about that song and why you felt like it was good for expanding into the visual medium. Well, you know, the song actually, funny enough, came about we were going to recut an album from our, uh, a song from our first EP. And, you know, we started talking and we just said, no, we don't want to do that. We need to write one more song for the record. So we, you know, I wrote the, you know, the main riff and structure for Apostasy. Uh, so it almost didn't happen. And uh, but it came together. It was one of those songs that we like a couple of riffs. We started jamming it, and everything just came together really fast. You know, a song like Terminus Egress that was a process. That took a long time for us to really craft that one the way we wanted to. Apostasy was like bam, right? You know, right out of the gate, and it just everything fell into place. And uh, I think it showcases a little bit of everything we do. It's got some groove. It's got some blackened riffs. Uh, it's got some clean, a uh, little bit of proggy stuff. It even has like a, a, a sort of a metalcore style breakdown in in the middle of it. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a uh, and it made sense because of the story uh, that the the song tells to try to do a video for that. And I'll let Blind talk to that a little bit because that's his baby. Well, I mean. Ultimately, the the video was shot locally with with what we had and what was at our disposal. No budget. Was, the, yeah, it was it was a no budget music video, and we had fun with it. 
ultimately, if if there was a a budget involved, we would have done a lot more to try and tie it into the concept album a little bit more. But that's what we had, and that was also still while the pandemic was raging on, and a lot of people were getting sick around here. So we just we tried to keep things small, tried to keep it intimate, and the videographer that we used, uh, Rachel Craig Media. She she did an awesome job. Um, and since both Gog and I come from a background in um, in film, we um, we got to work pretty heavy-handedly with Rachel on how we wanted the shots to be, what we wanted it to look like, wh- how the the kind of movement that we wanted to do for it. <clears throat> in our uh, in our previous music videos, uh, Tomas Mortvite, we just tell him what we're doing. And he just goes. He's <laughs> he is a machine, and he makes amazing content. Um, with Rachel, she's a little bit newer, but she's been working at it for a long time. But we had a vision in mind, so we uh, say we kind of uh, looking over her shoulder the whole time and be like, "Oh yeah, that's nice. Let, let's do that." Yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks for your patience, Rachel. While we, uh, you know. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's awesome. Sounds like you guys uh, made the most of the resources that you had for that video. I, I am curious, Blind, you had alluded earlier to the challenge, let's call it, when you write songs that can be a little lengthy, and now you have a whole new album's worth of material. When it comes to creating a set list for a show like tonight, like what do you guys think about as far as including old favorites, but also wanting certainly to highlight the new material and just the opportunity to play new songs live that you haven't done? Oh, if it was up to me, we'd just be playing all of our stuff. All the, every show. <laughs> I, I'll stick around. Like if you guys want to do that, I'm 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 up for it. Uh, but unfortunately, with the material that we write tending to be a little on the longer side, and people don't have the the patience to stick around for a two hour. Not black, more. Blackened, uh, progressive, heavy metal set. It's um, we we the, found about an hour is probably the best. It, you know, it's uh, people are you know you're fighting a lot of different things for people's attention nowadays between their phones and the media and this and that and the other. Uh, so it used to be back in the day. I'm an older guy. You know, when we would you know when, and you know I, I, I cut my teeth in the Austin music scene way back uh, way back when, and you know you'd play a two-hour set, and you didn't go on until midnight, you know? And everybody was hanging out and doing the thing, but now there's just so many other options and so many things to do uh, that, you know, about an hour, you know, we you know we could easily do a lot more than that, and I'd love to do it, but I think uh, that tends to hold the audience, you know, and keeps them from getting too bored. Because now, every, you, know, you, you know, everybody has to go outside to smoke and everything now, and then they go outside and they start smoking, and then they start looking at their phone, and they've missed four <laughs> songs of your set, you know. And, and I know how it is. That's, that's just, that's life. Or with our songs, know? going outside to smoke and looking at your phone, they've missed a song and a half. Right. But, but then, they, <laughs> then they start thinking, oh, I, I wonder if that new season of whatever bullshit show on Netflix is, is out yet. i got to get home and check that yeah. out. It's funny. People don't like staying out past midnight anymore, you know, and uh, that's just that's the way it is. 
I'll, you're outing me as a morning person who's up most days at five. Yeah, so, um, well, let's get to what for you guys is one of the biggest pieces of news that you all have plans in early 2022 to perform in Europe along with Atheist and Cadaver. How did that opportunity present itself? Uh, through our manager. Uh, Mark Clapel, he's the guitarist of Misery Index. Uh, he uh, also works for Extreme Management Group, and they're, uh, you know, kind enough to work with us. And uh, he approached us and asked if we'd be interested in, uh, you know, being on that bill. And we're like, of course, um, you know. And like, we were lucky enough to uh, submit and get chosen from the bands that submitted. Uh, it, it doesn't hurt that our sound guy Richie actually went on tour with Atheist, you know, uh, pre-pandemic as their sound man. So I'm sure that you know, they kn- they knew who we were. They don't really, you know, not that they, you know, I don't know if they're fans or anything like that, but at least they were aware of who we were. And, uh, you know, the promoter said, yeah, look, you know, let, let's take these guys. And, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll see what happens with the new variant that's raging through Europe right now. There's a chance it could be uh, postponed, but hopefully not. We don't know yet. Um, we've just been told to stay aware, you know. Yeah, unfortunately, that's been an issue. I mean, there have been a number of tours, Canadian and European bands wanting to come to the U.S. and play that, like, you guys are just, I guess, all you can do is cross your fingers and hope. Yeah, you know, it'll happen eventually, and we'll be on it when it does. It's, uh, and yeah, this will be our first time going to Europe, so of course we're, you know, super excited. Uh, You know, we've had people telling us since the first show we played, you guys need to go to Europe, you know, you guys need to go to Europe. You would, you know, go over really well there. And um, so we're looking forward to doing that and, you know, seeing what happens. Uh, I'm excited to play with the, I know that I think the crowds are a little more passionate there, uh, especially for metal. And so I think it's going to be really, really cool. And just uh, another, you know, keep keep trying to take, you know, forward steps as you're growing your band. And that's what we're trying to do. What do you think would be the best outcome of that like is that the next step for summoner circle to have that european grow that european audience or do you do you all already get feedback from folks in europe saying yeah we want you here what's that relationship like we we do get some feedback from europe mostly in um like finland sweden and norway where we do know a couple people various um through through various bands or just people that we know that that live there they they tell their friends about us and so there there is a small following up there um central europe is a little bit harder to break into um a lot of central europe is not as big on heavy metal as scandinavia is but it's it's there i've i've lived there for a while i've I've seen the metalheads there they they do exist but they're like here in the states they're harder to find um, they're not the popular uh, crowd over there like they are in Sweden, Finland, Norway, and parts of Germany. They're really big into their pop music and their disco, yeah. and I don't know why disco, but it's still alive there for some reason. Yeah. I, I think you know you talk about you know the the roadmap. The roadmap is for us is to try to just get on the road right. and and support this record as much as we can. Uh, whether that be in Europe or whether we throw something together here in the states later in the year, or you know, it's a uh, we're we're definitely working on things like that. Whether it's you know we end up doing an India Go Go you know self tour or we hook up with an, another band. Uh, there was a well, an Italian band that may be coming here and we may be hooking up with them, but can't say anything about it now. It's a super secret. It may not happen again because of coronavirus. So, 
we'll just have to see what happens, and you know. But yeah, it, it's we want to be on the road. We want to tour. We love getting out in front of people and playing live. Uh, I could never just do a studio project. You know, I have to have an outlet uh, to, to to you know to play because I just I love the energy exchange between fans and band and feeding off of that and uh, giving back. It's just it's a it's a magical thing. There's nothing like that live music experience. And uh, that's what we're going to get tonight here at Brickyard in Knoxville. Now, the Metal Debate, our podcast is headquartered in western Kentucky, so this is a little outside our normal scope of cities that we go to. Well, I am curious, because I don't get out here very often, what's the metal and music scene like in East Tennessee generally? And how do you think that the bands and venues here are doing uh, coming out of the pandemic? Well, Knoxville actually has a really good history of a lot of really strong heavy metal acts. Uh, everybody knows Whitechapel. They're from here, right here in Knoxville. Uh, Straight Line Stitch is also originally okay. from here. Ten years is ten, from here. Ten yeah. years. Copper. Uh, uh, Copper's not around anymore, no. but um, Keith from Copper now performs with uh, Breaking Benjamin. Um, so there is a long history of bands coming out of the Knoxville area. And the local scene, it's here. It's there. Uh, it's a scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of talented musicians, uh, more so than I thought when I moved here from Texas. Um, you know, I I didn't know what I was getting into, and as far as you know, musically and, and what the music scene was going to be like. But it's a, uh, it's good. You know, uh, there's I won't say there's a million bands, but there are a lot of good bands. And uh, not all not all metal, just in general. There's a pretty lively music scene in Knoxville. Sweet. Well, um, beginning to wrap up with you guys, after the performance tonight with Paladin and Neanderthal, uh, give us uh, just the overview of the band's plans going forward, obviously the Europe uh, tour, and when can fans expect to hear the follow-up to Chaos Vector? We don't know. <laughs> we're, we're, we're still working out the the details on the writing process right now. I would I would like to say that we could have something hammered out. We're, right now, we're still tossing up whether or not we're going to do it as an EP or keep working towards the next yeah. full length. It album. feels like an EP is the thing to do. You know, it kind of does. And why is that? Because I have so many conversations with bands who are trying to think through that decision. Mostly, I think, just because the way people are consuming music now, right? I mean, not everybody has the patience anymore, or the you know, to sit through a ten-song concept album with you know ten-minute songs. Uh, I think uh, sometimes you know you you want to put some stuff out there for them. It's easier to turn around an EP uh, and and get it out in front of people more quickly. And I I don't know. I just think it's uh I don't know. It's what feels right to me right now. Yeah, a lot of the bands that, that I listen to, groups like Orbit Culture and Zeal and Ardor, they're not putting out full-length albums. They're, at a time, they're, yeah. they're putting out singles at a time, and once they release enough singles, they go, all right, now it's all on a single album if you want that. But, uh, yeah, just popping out singles, popping out artwork for it, and the occasional music video that's that seems to be the direction that the the heavy metal community is leaning towards yeah and as an old school guy who love you know loves concept albums and and things like that uh i don't know it's like it's different i i like being able to you know do a concept and get really in depth and have a, an entire body of work uh you know an hour or 45 minutes worth of material uh it, it just feels more complete to me i, I guess but I think, uh, you know, you got to evolve. 
And if this is the way that the music industry is going and we want to stay relevant, you know, we, we evolve or die. Well, EP or album, I know it's going to be awesome based on uh, the material that you've written uh, to date. Final question, what is the best way for fans to purchase music and merchandise from Summoner Circle, including the latest album, Chaos Vector? Oh, uh, well, you can purchase it from our Indie Merch site. That's uh, IndieMerch.com slash Summoner Circle. Uh, you can also just get there from SummonerCircle.com and click the thing that says Store up at the top. Uh, it'll take you right there. It's easier than remembering a URL, and it's the name of the band. So, yeah, SummonerCircle.com. Uh, we have everything from T-shirts to, you know, uh, flags. flags and patches and, you know, eat, uh, CDs, uh, all available through there. There's even a, cust- a couple of custom T-shirts from the singles that we put out that aren't available anywhere else. Like, we don't sell them at our shows or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, uh, our music's also on Bandcamp. Uh, and iTunes and Apple Music and, you know, Amazon and pretty much all the standard streaming services. So you can find us there as well. I will say that those uh, those three singles, uh, T-shirt designs, has some amazing artwork by Sabercore, who also did the, uh, the cover artwork for Become None. Uh, he's an amazing artist, and we had him do the, the three single pieces. And they're just... They're gorgeous. They're beautiful. Very Lovecraftian. Yes. Well, I'll definitely be picking up something at your merch table tonight, but I'm mostly excited to rock out with you guys, go down the worm tunnel with you all. And, guys, best of luck. Fingers crossed in the European tour and for everything going forward. Awesome. We really thank you for having us, and thank you for supporting us.